going to get bigger and you're going to go way back there and that's have so many poles in your way. So I, I think it's an interesting design. And um, I haven't been here for a while. We spent, Ruth and I and Jesse spent, um, well, Jesse spent more time there than we did, but uh, we were there from uh, January 16th till April 12th. I was working in the food bank. Uh, Ruth was uh, working in, um, in the office there doing uh, computer data entry. And Jesse was working in home repair team. And he actually spent a lot of time up in Carmel, up in the north of Israel, which is uh, 10 miles from Lebanon, where we have, uh, we have a huge food bank and uh, where we supply the poor and needy in the north of Israel. And uh, so that was a, it was a privilege to, uh, to be there for three months. Just tell you, uh, some people ask, well, what was the weather like? Well, normally you might get the odd rainy day, but um, it rained every day for two months. And, uh, and it was cold. And the interesting thing was Israel needed rain. They had, they had been in drought for eight years. And so when it rained, the water, the Sea of Galilee came up and up and up and up over seven feet in that length of time. And everything turned green and lush. And then after, after the winter was over, the, uh, there was more water came from the snow melt. So Israel needed rain so we couldn't be... Um, too upset, even though our children were calling us saying, do you know how nice it is in Winnipeg? <laughs> and I, I didn't even have a big warm coat to wear over there. So, well, it's, uh, it's Father's Day. And uh, how, did, uh, how did Father's Day come about? Father's Day is celebrated on the third Sunday in June. And the idea for creating a day for children to honor their fathers began in Spokane, Washington. A woman by the name of Sonora Smart Dodd thought of the idea for Father's Day while listening to a Mother's Day sermon. Having been raised by her father after her mother died, she wanted her father to know how special he was to her. It was her father that made all the parental sacrifices and was, in the eyes of his daughter, a courageous, selfless, and loving man. Sonora's father was born in June, so she chose that to hold the first Father's Day celebration. In 1924, President Calvin Coolidge proclaimed the third Sunday in June as Father's Day. Roses are the Father's Day flowers, red to be worn for a living father, and white if the father has died. So, today is the day for father figures, stepfathers, uncles, grandfathers, and adult male friends. 
I I have a tendency to look at everything through uh, Jewish eyes because I've I've been working in Israel for something like 17 years and made many trips there so I I see everything through Jewish eyes so that's what you're going to get this morning if you turn with me to Romans 8:15 Romans 8:15 the title of my sermon is Abba no pages turning so you're going to have to take my word for it Okay, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So we thank you for your word today, and we thank you most of all for the Holy Spirit that is moving and infusing us with life and truth. And we pray for the fathers today, just that that they'll feel honored, that they'll feel special, that they'll feel blessed. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love to walk on the streets of Jerusalem, and uh, we walk for miles and miles. And oftentimes on uh, Saturday, Jesse and I would go out and walk and walk, walk through the old city, walk the other way, walk all over the place. And as you walk along, you see some interesting things. You see a lot of old men, old women shuffling along. But you see a lot of kids, little kids, bigger kids. And it's interesting to watch them and listen to them. Because uh, when they call out to their father, uh, guess what they say? Abba. Abba. Which means a father in Hebrew. And it's a reminder that that, is, that that is God's name. And God is our Father. God was never known as Father until, until Jesus came to earth. If you'd like to turn over to uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, you'll, you'll see that Jesus taught us about Father. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31, where Jesus said, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So there we see God is our Father. And then in uh, Matthew 7 and verse 11, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? And so that that's our Father. 
Now, Jews don't celebrate Mother's Day and Father's Day as we do. What they have is a family day where both mother and fathers are honored all at, all at the same time. And we're reminded in the Bible, Exodus 20, verse 12, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. This is repeated eight times throughout the Bible. In its original setting, it was written to adult Hebrews, not children. Listen to Ephesians Ephesians 6, 1 and 2. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Someone said, God did not proclaim, honor me, uh, revere me. He proclaimed instead, honor your father and mother. There is not reverence for God without having reverence for your father and mother. Now the Talmud says, father, mother, and God are partners in the creation of a child. And one way of uh, judging the overall character of people is how they behave toward the old. And I I think, personally, I think there's a, a slippage in our society because I heard on the news just this week that a lady was granted uh, the state to, to um, have herself uh, put to death because she was sick. And to me, that, that's, uh, that's slippage. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 23 and 24, there were certain youths of Bethel who were mocking an old man. His name was Elisha. You know about him. And they called him bald head. You old bald head. Now, if you see a, a bald head here this morning, don't, don't call him that. Don't say, you old bald-headed man. Because the Bible says he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came out some female bears and attacked them. So don't mess with old bald men. <laughs> Whatever you do. Failure to honor the elderly brought judgment on all God's people. Isaiah 3 verse 1, it says, The Lord took away their basics of life because they didn't honor the elderly. Their staff, their bread, their water. And it says in verse 5, The people shall be oppressed, everyone by another, and everyone by his neighbor. The child that shall behave himself proudly against the ancient and the base against the honorable. Lamentations 5.12, it says, Judgment came because the elders were not honored. Proverbs 23, 22 says, Listen to your father. You hear that, Gloria? <laughs> Listen to your father who gave you life. And do not despise your mother when she is old. There's always need for care and support. 
The Hebrew word for family is mishpaha, M-I-S-H-P-A-H-A, which means a societal unit. In Bible times, it was a patriarchal. What does that mean? That means in Bible times, the father was the spiritual leader. He was the head. Uh, this unit, this family unit, was patri-local. What does that mean? Funny thing to say. That means that when a son got married, uh, they, would, uh, they would put another room on the house. And, the, and then when he got married, he'd bring his wife. And they would, they would join in the family unit. They would be part of the family. It was extended. That means there were grandparents there. There were children, grandchildren, aunts, uncles, cousins. And there was great loyalty amongst this, this family unit. And uh, the family, met, they, they didn't have old folks' homes like we do today. And the, the family met the needs of the elderly, their housing, their economic, their health needs. They, they were concerned for one another from the cradle to the grave. In Jesus, we have a striking example of one who cared for his parents. Joseph died. He is not mentioned at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. The, uh, the Gospels are silent about him after Jesus' teen years. And when Jesus was dying on the cross, one of, one of his last thoughts was how his mother would be cared for. And he said to John, he asked John to take Mary into his own household. And he left as an example to be caring for, for his mother. Though the father is the prophet and the priest, I believe, uh, I believe that's what I should be. And uh, I believe that that's what we fathers should be here. Joshua 24 14. Joshua says, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God's plan of redemption is not only for you, it's for your whole family. And He wants you, fathers, to set the example. My grandparents, Grandma and Grandpa Housen, they've been. Uh, They've been deceased for, Grandpa died in 1966, Grandma in 1980. They've been gone for many years. But, and they were saved about 75 or 80 years ago. But every day, they're praying for their family. But grandmother faithfully labored in prayer for her children grandchildren, and those that were to come. Interesting, an interesting thing happened. Every person from that time until today, every descendant is saved. 
that was saved, those that have died, those that are still alive, they're all saved. They're all serving God. That's the way it's supposed to be, right? That's what will happen if you and I pray for our descendants. And that's, that's the Bible plan, Genesis 7, 1. Come thou and all thy house into the ark. That's what, that's what Noah said. That's what God said to Noah. And then at the Passover, Exodus 12, 3. They shall take to them every man a lamb. A lamb for a house. For every person that was in that home and under the covering of the blood, they were safe. And the death angel couldn't touch them. Not only the family, but the employees and the animals. They were safe when the death angel passed over. That's the greatest story in the Bible as far as I'm concerned. Isaiah 44 verse 3. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. I'm, as a grandfather, I'm so thrilled that um, when Jesse, where are you, Jesse? Wherever, somewhere he is in here, I can't see him. When he was 17 years old, I took him to Israel. And then when he heard that uh, Graham and I were going to Israel this year, guess what? I want to go with you. That was a thrill. That's a thrill because you want, you want to teach your children, you want to teach your grandchildren, and you're so happy when they get it. And when they get involved, you're so happy. I'll pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. Acts 2.39, talking about the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto you and unto your children, all that are far off. God wants to put his spirit generation to generation. The mercy of the Lord endures from generation to generation. I used to work for Huntley Street. They emphasized family salvation. Acts 16.31 Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Hebrews 11.7 By faith Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Fathers, have you taken Christ for your home? Have you believed for your children and grandchildren. Are you setting the example for them? Isaiah 59, 21. I like this verse. This is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, saith the Lord from henceforth. And even forever. But I've had um, I've had people say, "Well, that's fine for you, 
but I didn't have a perfect father. Well, if the truths were known, probably there are no real perfect fathers. Only as we allow the Lord to work in our lives do we grow in grace. What if your father was less than perfect? Or if you had an abusive childhood, then what do you do? Is there hope for you? Yes, there is. God can heal your childhood wounds. John 1, verses 12 and 13, says, To all who received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, the children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. You might have had a corrupt father. You will have spiritual warfare, but you can overcome the effects of that. The moment you accept Jesus as your Savior, you become a personal member of God's family. And then God is your Father. You're no longer the same person. You are not a child of evil, but you're a child of God. You know, in the first service, they said amen. (laughs) It's all right to say amen if you agree with that. Let me hear a good amen. Amen. God is a father. He's a father to the fatherless. And make sure you turn out to be a good father. You can be a good father. Even if you had a poor father, you can be a good father. No matter what happened in the past, you can put away childish things. Right? The Bible says that when I became a man... I put away childish things. No self-pity. No blaming father. No blaming mother. No blaming something that happened when you were a child. Now you are responsible. I used to work in a prison. Long time ago. In my previous life. Last century. When I was young. Uh, I, I don't think I ever saw a guilty prisoner. Do you know what kind of a mother I had? Do you know what kind of a father I had? I didn't have very good advantages. I'm not responsible. You are responsible. If you're an adult, you're responsible. As long as you feel sorry for yourself, you cannot get better. As long as you blame others, you cannot get better. As long as you try to throw up your problems on someone else, you cannot get better. But listen, today and every day is a new beginning for the followers of Christ. He transforms us. He changes us. He he works in us. By his spirit. He doesn't give up on us. As we grow in God, we develop a new self-image. The old negative image disappears. Alcohol, drugs, eating disorders, promiscuity, poor health habits, negative attitudes, threats of suicide fade away as we surrender the old self to God. 
If you had a traumatic experience or a marred childhood, God will work with you and transform you. You know, Mark said, uh, please have patience with the lights. We, we need a lot of patience just to live, right? And the Bible says, the Bible says, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. Maybe we didn't used to have some of those things. But God is growing us and developing us into the people that he wants us to be and into the fathers that he wants us to be. He wants us to be. Bible reminds us to seek out elders for the wisdom of the years. The Hebrews, the Jews, equated age with wisdom and experience. Job 12, verse 12, Job says, With the ancient is wisdom, and in length of days is understanding. Every age group has its special functions within the community. So in closing today, I want to say to you fathers that are here, Grandfathers, stepfathers. Fathers are important. Fathers uniquely display the glory of God as Father. When an earthly father is present, he demonstrates God's presence to his wife and to his children. When an earthly father embraces his role as a lover and leader and defender and protector and provider, he demonstrates the character of God, who is God, the Bible says, God is our leader and defender and protector and provider. And the father represents God in the home. And it's good. For the children to see that. Ephesians 4, 6 says we have one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Now, I've still got eight minutes to go, but I'm finished. <laughs> and how often do you hear preachers say that? <laughs> but listen, it's Father's Day, and we're going to go and celebrate, right? So, Father, we just thank you. We just thank you and praise you that we can gather together like this, open your word, try to have an understanding of what you expect of us. And we, Father, we ask that you will empower us to be the men that you want us to be, the fathers that you want us to be, the grandfathers that you want us to be. And we pray your divine blessing upon our offspring, upon our descendants, upon those who will come after us. And we just pray that, we just pray that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And keep your hand upon him. We bind the work of the enemy. He wants to steal, kill, destroy, take away. And Father, we pray for those here 
amongst us. Maybe they had less than an ideal childhood. But we pray that you'll put something special inside them by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us today as we celebrate with our loved ones. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord.